0: are listening to Review and Preview on Facebook
1: Live. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside James Montefusco, Kyle Russo, and Fonz DeFalco. This is our very first Stream Yard broadcast, welcome. Hello, Hello,
2: everybody. How do you guys like it so far? Looks good, I'm man. loving Looks it, good. Loving it good. perfect. Perfect. Look at that. We got our first comment here. Look at that. You can post the comments here too. It's awesome. You can show some love to our fans here.
1: Shout out to my cousin, uh, John Unterweger, all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma. How are you? Hope you are doing well. Um, so. You can watch our live broadcast tonight on our Facebook page, Review and Preview LIU. You can comment on our live stream with any comments. We would love to answer them. Give us a shout out. Follow us on Instagram at Review and Preview. Uh, And then like and subscribe to our Facebook page, Review and Preview LIU. And if you can't watch the whole show tonight, no worries. This will be up after 10 o'clock. And we will also... Share this audio podcast to anchor.fm slash review and preview live tonight, 8 to 10 p.m. Uh, Kyle, James, and Fonz, welcome once again. A quick rundown of what we are going to go over. Um, first, we're going to have Fonz. Uh, well, Fonz basically just gave us the intro on what StreamYard is. You see the our uh, ticker below. Give us a follow, all that cool stuff, our names. Uh, you know, OBS was great, but I'm looking forward to seeing what StreamYard has in store for us and our future. If you have any fan questions, the fan questions will be taking all night long. Uh, and then we're going to list off our topics quick of tonight's show. We're going to have our first ever review and preview trivia. So basically, Kyle Russo and James Montefusco on the bottom part of the screen. They're going to go head to head. I'm going to ask Kyle's questions. Fonz will ask James's questions. The scoring is basically each question will be worth one point. And then the bonus question will be worth two at the end of each segment. We'll get into that in just a couple of moments. Um, This week, also, James, you pitched this idea to me. Thank you very much for doing this. This marks the 46th annual National EMS Week, uh, the week of May 17th to May 23rd. Uh, We are honoring all the EMTs and all the people that do um, all the frontline work, especially during a difficult time. In this pandemic shout out to all the EMTs out there and thank you very much To all the practitioners And all the important work you guys have done uh, In our community I know two weeks ago We had um, uh, my, my friend John Mondello who Passed away um, Working on the front lines of the Coronavirus he was an EMT that was a Record show for us he'll always hold a special Place in my heart thank you John And thank you to all the EMTs out there Guys you have any uh, comments on that
3: Big thank you to everybody that works that that has been working their butt off for the last God knows how many days. I think four four or three months by now. Um, thank you very much um, to you and your family for making all the sacrifices you do each and every day. We really
1: do appreciate it, um, and I know uh, everyone is um, hanging there, hanging tough. Thank you guys again. Uh, And looking forward to the rest of our show. And we hope you guys enjoy our show tonight. Uh, You know, get your minds off of this quarantine for two hours. We have a really fun show in store for you guys. Uh, But before we go there, unfortunately, uh, Utah Jazz, former Utah Jazz head coach Jerry Sloan passed away today, this morning at the age of 78 years old. Uh, Jerry Sloan, He was a longtime head coach of the Utah Jazz. He worked with players like Carl Malone and John Stockton, those guys, uh, and both those players played on Utah for over 20 years. Uh, Sloan, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2009. In fact, before he even retired as a head coach, he coached in the NBA for 26 years from 1978 to 2011. Uh, 23 of his years as a head coach were with the Utah Jazz and 15 consecutive playoff appearances. Now, they never won an NBA championship, but this guy was the real deal in in the Western Conference. They were up there with the Kings and the Lakers in the early 2000s. And, you know, he also had the most playoff wins for any head coach that never won an NBA title. Uh, With 98 wins, over 1,200 regular season wins, two-time NBA All-Star. In fact, his number four jersey is retired by the Chicago Bulls. Thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, excellent, excellent player. Definitely in the league uh, with the Chicago Bulls back in the 60s and the 70s. Uh, Tom, like you alluded to, had a number retired, spent 10 seasons with them, his entire career there, I believe, with the Chicago Bulls. Um, And an excellent coach as well. Definitely left his mark on the league. Uh, You know, you see some former uh, players uh, posting about it. I looked at a uh, post on Instagram that Gordon Hayward uh, posted, he said he spent very little time with Jerry Sloan, uh, but his first couple of seasons he got to really get to know him and just spoke very, very nicely about the man and nothing but respect towards him and um, condolences obviously to the family.
1: uh, I know you pretty much grew up in the same era that I did in terms of the NBA. Talk, so talk about uh, Sloan's impact, not just on the NBA in general, but everything that he did for that Utah Jazz team.
2: Yeah, I mean, showed consistency. I mean, with Utah, before he was there, it was a struggling team, really never had kind of playoff success. And like you said earlier, he, they may have never won a title, but he kept the Jazz in the running for so long and made Carl Malone and Stockton probably the best, one of the best one-two punches in the entire league. Uh, yeah, he made a huge impact, uh, a legend in Utah, and, uh, you know, condolences to the family. Um,
1: will be missed. I could not agree more. This was a legend that was lost way too soon. Um Yeah, it, it's definitely been a uh tough uh tough couple of weeks. Obviously, uh Shad Gaspard from the WWE uh passed away as well. Uh he was lost at sea. Yeah. So that that was also a devastating loss. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's that one
2: was that one was rough, especially knowing what happened, that telling the Coast Guards to save his son
1: first, you know, that yeah, was a fatherly yeah, thing to do. Yeah, it's a true hero right there, really. Fonz, obviously, you got to talk with Chris Gronkowski two weeks ago. I want to – do you have your Gronk shaker with you? I know the product has arrived. Oh, (laughs) you mean mean this thing right here.
2: Yeah, this is incredible. I mean, a combination of an insulated bottle and can be used as a blender bottle. My favorite thing – I'll show this quickly before we move on. I put lemons and limes in here. Look at that. Like, you know, like the little metal ball that's in the workout things? It's up here, so you don't hear the rattling. And you can make it for drinks like that too. Sick. It's highly recommend. Yeah. As I think a swig out of it too. The fresh lemon lime water that I made before yeah. we went live. Yeah.
1: It'll keep it'll keep you flowing through tonight's show because we got, got a lot, lot of water, water coming for up. Dreams, so I gotta I gotta keep my voice fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely looking forward to that. So uh, before we get to the review and preview trivia, obviously we're gonna have that. After that, we're gonna have Dominic Danielli call in from Stanford, Connecticut. He's a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. He's already backstage, so we'll bring him on towards the top of the hour. We're also going to talk about two other revamped AFC North teams, well, potentially the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, the Bengals took Joe Burrow, and then the Browns took Jedrick Wills. Obviously, those two teams have made a lot of moves this offseason to try to better their position in the AFC. After that, we will recap all the latest sports news and our show for the week. And I want to get to a Lamar Jackson comment, too. Uh, that funds might not be too pleased about. Sorry, to go with this, wait till later. Shout out uh, Brian Marbach, the, uh, our former host of Review and Preview. We hope you're doing well out in the Hamptons. We hope you're making you proud. Uh, Brian, we are about to start some review and preview trivia. So oh. we hope you stay tuned for this. Oh,
2: you mean at the bottom there, too, with a little ticker. See, how great is oh. here. Right <laughs> well, you
1: know, I you out love out of to stuff. see it. Love to see it, funds. So how this is going to work, James and Kyle, you guys are on the hot seat. Uh, The scoring will work. Um, Each question is worth one point. And we're going to go over the topics now, how this is going to start out. Uh, Fonz will ask James 10 giant questions plus one bonus question. Then after that, I will ask Kyle 10 giant questions questions and then one bonus question that bonus question remember is two points each i have these little things here one of them that just fell on the floor actually if you can't see them here they are they have your names on them so i'll be tallying those points um gotta had to get a little uh technical there with you um and then after that we'll move on to five yankee questions for james because james is a mets fan so we're going to do the opposite team kyle you're a yankees fan so you're getting five mets questions same rules apply uh, a bonus question will be uh, rewarded as well, uh, a two-point question. And then after that, each of you will answer five general NFL questions. And then at the end of that, a two-point bonus question. And then maybe we'll do a tiebreaker question just for fun, especially I if it comes down good. to that point. I, I know funds worked very hard on that question.
2: That's you. Oh, that's going to be good. I hope for a tie.
1: So uh, without further ado, James – Put your uh, uh you already got your uh, rally cap on. <laughs> Dressed up for the occasion. Who are you donning tonight, by the way? Eh, just you know, that's Just somebody. Yeah, some oh, have the Gram on me. I know Fons actually has a Jets jersey on. That, that should be interesting. Jam- do, do, do you guys remember Sean Green? Sean Green. Uh, oh yeah. I'll never forget. He was the third string running back when the Jets made the playoffs back in two thousand nine. Oh, All yeah, and- yeah, I'm pretty sure Leon Washington got hurt and then all of a sudden he just he took off. So exactly. very interesting. Um, okay. So, funds, I'm gonna hand you the sticks and uh-huh. let's get into those meat and potatoes.
2: Okay. Oh, the meat and potatoes. I love it.
1: All right, <laughs> you guys made fun of me for it last week, so I had to bring it yeah, up.
2: That better. is that's fine. All right, James. What do you yeah. you're the machine? I First question. We'll take the ticker off because we know what the trivia is. Here. What town? In North Carolina, was the great Daniel jo- Jones born in? Ooh. Raleigh? Is that your final answer? Yes. <clears throat> You're incorrect, sir. The correct answer. Oh, wait. Are we doing steals, Tom?
1: Uh, yes. Uh, but- oh, I'm sorry. I didn't fully explain this. You're, you are allowed to steal... Any question that your opposition does not answer correctly, um, so Kyle, you have a chance to steal.
2: Ah, uh, this is your
0: quarterback. Is it? Know I know. From. I know. Is it Durham, North Carolina? Nope. Uh, oh man, the correct answer was Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh God! What? Oh my God! Wow. Off to All a right. Start Started on good, guys. All right. Russo, you got that water out?
1: <laughs> it's
2: getting hot, guys. It's getting hot. It's right. question you I'm need another an one? All right. We are going to question number two. All James, right. The machine. Still zero zero. 0 In Saquon Barkley's NFL debut against the Jacksonville Jaguars, how long was his first touchdown run? Was it more or less than 50 yards? 50-50 shot here. Uh, more. Correct. More than 50 yards. Correct. Now, Tom, does he have to – can he get a bonus for getting the exact amount of yards or is are just going to leave it the way it is? Uh, so if you got
1: it right with more,
2: does no, he want to get a correct?
1: We'll, we'll, we'll give uh, James the one point. Also, quick question. Um, you can't steal a question that is like a true or false thing because obviously you know what the other answer is at that point. So if it's – uh true or false question or a more or less question, you cannot steal that. If it is a multiple choice though, with multiple answers, you can steal. Just a heads up. All
2: right. So we're sorry, at- I shouldn't
1: have made that clear.
2: Oh, right, that's fine. So when he did get it right. He got sixty-eight yards. Incredible stuff. The machine oh with one point on the board, Russo at a solid goose egg. Question <laughs> number three. Who tackled Giants wide receiver David Tyree after making the helmet catch? Oh geez. In Super Bowl. Forty two.
1: Wow. Don't disappoint, James. Oh, Jesus. Uh, remember, you do have 30 seconds to answer each question. I know this was brought up on our weekly call yeah. last night. we got some music in the background.
2: We probably should have done that. I probably should have added that Next part, week. The Jeopardy
3: song would have been good. Yeah. Um, to get back on track, to be honest, I'm blanking on the name.
2: You're not even going to throw a name in the dark? Just anything. You're just going to leave it the way it is, just nothing. All right. He got it wrong. The correct answer was Ronnie wait, Harris. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, no. sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, all right. I sorry. I
0: actually knew that.
2: Oh, I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. The true and false, the thing that messed me up, Tom. I apologize for that. Embarrassing stuff. All right. Well, the correct answer was Ronnie Harris. Ronnie, Harrison. All right. okay, Ronnie all Harris. All right. I apologize for that. That is my bad, people. It's all good. All right. Number four. Still 1 nothing. Steve Weatherford played for how many other teams before joining the Giants in 2011? For their the choices choice is their son. That's one. Is it two, three, or four? Gut saying four. And your gut? Yeah. Is that correct? Congratulations. You are now at a solid two points. All right. Better than zero. Amazing. Now – here we go here as I copy and put this question out right now. This is going to be a good one. This is question number five. Who took the Giants single season, single game sack record, excuse me, with six sacks against the Philadelphia Eagles in 2006? You have some choices here. Okay. Is it Justin Tuck, Michael Strahan, OCU Minora, or Fred Robbins? Oh, geez, that line is stacked. <laughs> you, guys, I mean, you, you really had a good line now that I think about it. <laughs> um.
3: Fine, just read me the choices one more time. You said O. C. Tuck. OCU Minora,
2: Justin Tuck, Michael Strahan, Fred Robbins. Fred Robbins? Incorrect. Russo, do you do you it's know? It's Strahan. Wow, you both are incorrect. What is the correct was answer? Called? Was O. C. Umignora. Oh God. <laughs> Hate to see it, everybody. It's all good. It's okay. Still a 2-0 here, James. Now, James, number six for you. All right. Eli Manning earned his first career victory as a starter against which NFL team? Your choices. The Falcons, Steelers, Eagles, or the Cowboys?
0: Oh, I know this one. I'm pretty sure I know it. Cowboys. Sorry, Russo. You got it right. Ooh.
3: Russo, were you going to say Cowboys? Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> the Machine at three. It's an update, everybody. The Machine at three. Kyle the Wrecker. And a goose egg. All right. We're at number seven here. The Patriots were held to how many combined points in their Super Bowl losses to the Giants? Both. Oh. How many combined points? Hold what on. Years, I need to yeah. do some math here. Oh, Jesus. Got it,
3: 31 combined points. Wow, you are correct.
2: Oh, yeah. At.
1: I told you I need to do some math. Right. So funds, we got three out of six so far for James.
2: Yes, yes. Uh well, you got uh yes, correct. Well, I got four here actually. Excuse me. You got four. You got uh the Cowboys won the 31 points, the four teams, and got the it. more. So we set four to nothing. Just everyone here, just a little bit of an update here. All right, now we are at question number eight. Which rookie linebacker broke his neck after making a pick six in a week 16 game oh, against the Washington Jets in 2005? I Is mean. it Reggie, Reggie Torber, Chase Blackburn, Nick Greason, or Kevin Lewis? Blackburn? Correct. Well, all, right, all right.
0: Oh, Five, man. Right.
2: Some good stuff right there. All right. Oh,
0: I'm did trying you, to steal some of these. Kyle, <laughs> did, did you
1: actually know that? I actually did I know that.
2: Okay. All right. Here's a simple one for you. Number nine. A true or false one. The Giants franchise holds the third most wins in NFL history. Is it true? Or is that a false statement?
3: No. All right. I got a question. Third most in this, uh, out of Super Bowls or third most overall wins?
2: Third most wins. Okay. In NFL history. True. Boom. Boom. Shakalaka. Oh
0: Damn, man.
2: He's on fire. I like this one. Now, number 10 here. Let me pull it up here. Copy and pasting it and putting it in here. Hide that. Boom. This is a good one. How many Giants wide receivers outside of OBJ have been named to a Pro Bowl since 2000? Now, you have a couple of choices here. Is it two? Is it four? Is it zero? Or is it one? Not counting OBJ, how many wide receivers have been named to a Pro Bowl? Giants wide receivers. Be clear. Two.
0: Russo, do you want? Would you like to steal this one? Yeah, I'm going to steal it. Read the choices one more time. Two, four, zero, or one. Give me four.
2: Wow, you're both wrong. The correct answer was zero. Oh, Victor Cruz didn't go? Victor Cruz did not. I looked it up, and it said Victor Cruz did not. He did get an all-pro selection. Okay, that's probably what confused me, yeah. all-pro. Okay. For to pro football reference, so that's interesting. All right. We'll do the bonus question, right? Bonus two-part yes. yep. question for Mr. James.
3: Now, can Russo steal this question?
2: That's a good question. <laughs> Can you steal it,
1: Tom? Uh, you cannot steal the two-point bonus question. Oh, oh, oh okay. all right. Oh. Giant safety Jabril Peppers went to which
2: local high school in New Jersey? Is it Bergen Catholic, DePaul Catholic, Don Bosco Prep, or Paramus Catholic?
3: <laughs> DePaul Catholic.
2: <laughs> Incorrect. I apologize, Russo. You cannot steal it, so I will have to say it anyway. Bosco. Nope. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm talking here. I'm the host here. Oh (laughs) Oh, correct. You are correct. So James, is that a solid six now?
1: Six to
0: nothing.
2: But don't worry.
1: The machine. Uh. All right, so with that being said, uh, Russo, you are now on the clock. So James went six out of 11 in that first round, including the bonus. All right, so Kyle Russo, are you ready? These are your New York football Giants. First question, what year was Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard drafted?
0: Oh, my God. God, I'm going to be so mad when I get this wrong, too. It was 2016. Correct. Yes.
2: Yeah. All right. Woohoo! All just right.
1: on the board? All right. I good, it was, stuff. good stuff. All right. We're good. We're on the board. Next question. Okay. Uh, what was the first number Victor Cruz wore with the Giants in the 2010 preseason? Now you have choices here. Um, A, 3. B, 80. C, 15. D,
0: 8 This was a- I feel like it's 8. No.
3: Nope, James, do you want to steal? Sure, Tom, just read me those again. It was 880 3 and what was the other one?
1: And 15. And 15, uh, 15. 3 Correct.
2: What?
1: The- so James gets the point. So now the score is uh, seven one. All right, Russo. Question number three. Gotcha. What a good question. Giants rookie, Giants rookie linebacker who was drafted in the seventh round this year, Carter Coughlin played high school football with which fellow Giant? High school football. A. Chris Williamson. B. Ryan Connolly. C. O'Shane Zaminis. D. Nick Gates. I can repeat the uh, answer choices if you need.
0: It's either – oh, man. Give me Nick Gates. Incorrect. It was Connolly, wasn't it? Oh. No. All right.
1: So James cannot steal that. Uh, yes, the correct answer was Ryan Connolly. Sorry, oh, sorry, James. I forgot about that. Well, yeah, I, I was
0: mean,
2: it makes up for, for what my mishap earlier. So you both did good. Now, it.
1: guys, uh, the story behind this question this was actually a trick question because Carter Coughlin was a college teammate with Chris oh, Williamson. Chris Williamson. Uh, yeah. Connolly yeah. and Coughlin are both from Minnesota. So, all right. Question number four. This should be a little more straightforward. Who had the most touchdown nope. who had the most touchdown receptions for the Giants in two thousand uh, nineteen? Gimme Golden Tate. Incorrect. Oh my gosh. Would you like to steal?
3: Evan Ingram.
1: Incorrect. Wow. Correct Christ. answer was Darius Slayton. Good job, oh. Giants fans. Excellent work. Excellent I really work. Thought
2: I even do that. Jesus, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Golden Tate missed the first four games of the season. Too. But
0: Slayton. So so All right.
1: I'll give you that. All right. Next question. Oh, God. This is question number five. How many times have the Giants made the playoffs since winning Super Bowl 42? Okay. So since the 07-08 season, how many times have the Giants made the playoffs? Two times. Incorrect. James, would you like to steal? Sure. Um, One. Incorrect. Correct answer is three. Oh, my God. 2008, the year Plaxico shot himself. 2011, (laughs) the second Super Bowl. 2016. The Giants play the Packers when uh, so they bad. took the boat trip before the game.
3: Well ah, Hold I on, that. you included, but it, the question was from 2007 to
1: 2008, I right? But I, I, since Super Bowl 42. Oh,
3: okay. Okay. I
0: said okay. that right. prior. Oh, okay. yeah. right.
3: that, that's my bid. That's my bid.
0: All right, uh, question numbers, Murray, <laughs> number <one. laughs> Yes. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Pons. Well, scores seven to one still. Um. Okay. Question number six for the Giants. Name. Four players on the Giants roster who previously played for the New England Patriots. Do not
0: steal Alec. Walt. Nate Solder. Yep. Oh my god! Why am I blank? Dion Lewis. Yep. Oh um, man, this is so bad. Um oh my god. Why Cam Fleming? Yes. Oh I'm gonna get I'm gonna be one short. Unbelievable. Oh, give me one minute. Actually I don't have a minute. Yeah, no, you have uh come on now.
1: All right, five seconds. Oh jeez. Five, four, three, two, Last chance. I don't know. One. All right. Incorrect. James, would you like to steal and name that fourth player? I want to say it's Peppers, but I could be wrong. Incorrect. All right. Currently, this might surprise you guys. There are seven former New England Patriots on the Giants' current roster. Russo got three of them Solder, Fleming, and Lewis, Nate Ebner. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Corey Coleman. Eric Smith, the backup Great tackle, point. and John Jalapio. Halapio. He was on their practice squad in his rookie season. I that got all Emner. counts. Okay. You got an Question number seven. Russo, let's move on. Giants head coach Joe Judge is from which northeast state?
0: Pennsylvania. Correct.
3: Whoa. Whoa, Russo.
0: Cool. Good job. It's 7-2. 7-2. We're heating up. We're heating up. All
1: right. Next question. How many Super Bowl rings does former head coach Tom Coughlin have with the Giants? How many Super Bowl rings does former head coach Tom Coughlin have with the Giants? Be careful here.
0: Same, be careful. So God, if you Tom if you trick me with this. <laughs> Just give me 2. Just give me 2.
1: Incorrect. James, would you like to steal? Is it three? Correct. Tom Coughlin was a wide receivers coach for the Giants back in 1990 under Bill Parcells. Wow. Remember, yes, the questions are 2000 prior, but there are some 90s facts mixed in there with these 2000 questions, these questions that go uh, no further back than 2000. Right okay. Right. Ninth question. Uh, oh. Sorry, let me I put a point for Russo instead of James. All right, eight to 8-2 is the current score. Okay. <laughs> Ninth question. Justin Tuck was drafted in 2005, the same year as which Giants running back?
2: Oh, come on, man.
1: <laughs> Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. James, would you like to steal?
2: Brandon Jacobs.
1: Correct. Oh, my God.
2: How do you forget about Brandon
1: I don't, Jacobs? I forgot. Okay, Russo, remember, you still have a two-pointer coming up where you can catch up. But before that, the 10th oh question. God. How many games did Tom Coughlin win as the Giants coach? You have choices here. <laughs> a, 94. B, 110. C, 102. D, 88. That's 94,
0: 110,
3: 102, and 88. You're 102.
1: Correct. All right, Russo. All right. So Russo got three out of ten correct, but he has a chance here to make up some ground with a bonus question. Should be good. Amani Toomer is the all-time leading receiver for the Giants. Who is second? If you get this wrong, I will be very surprised.
0: I feel like I know the answer, but I, I just don't feel it's right. God, is it OBJ? Correct. Whoa! Two points. Russo, if you got that wrong, uh, I don't know. For some reason, my mind was telling me Cruz. I'm like, nope, that's not it. All right. We got to keep moving, uh, Fonz. Uh, So
1: a quick point to Tally. Nine to five, James. James stole, I believe, two, uh, three questions on Russo's turn. All right. uh, Fonz, back to James. Next topic is New York Yankees for James, correct? Uh, Here we go. How many numbers are retired
2: with the Yankees not counting Jackie Robinson is it 21 20 15 or 18 21 Booya! you got it oh he's too good he's too good <laughs> all right number two what number does Brett Gardner wear Oh, for the love of God. Oh, thank you.
0: Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, he hates the pinstripes. I know he does. 18?
2: Do, I don't Do we have to ask oh, R- Rousseau?
1: Russo can steal. Yes. 11. Correct. Wrong. <laughs> wrong? Right? Fine. It's wrong, right?
2: <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. All right. We'll get this gone. All right. Who is the tallest player on the Yankees' current roster?
3: Oh, jeez. Um, Aaron Judge. You're correct.
1: Russo, that's a given. Well, it took you a while.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Expense. Number I like
1: you... Walt just called your jersey trash. Sorry. I had to uh, throw that Walt. in
2: there. Uh, whatever, Walt. Here, I'm leave it. Walt. This will get Walt happy. All right, there you go, Walt. you happy? There you go. <laughs> um, where did DJ LeMayu play before coming to the Yankees? Now, you have a couple choices here. Okay. It's the Milwaukee Brewers. Toronto Blue Jays, Colorado Rockies, or the Arizona Diamondbacks? I can repeat the Diamondbacks. Russo? Rockies. Unfortunately, you are correct. Breath yeah. 7 through 11 here. It's all good, though. It's all good, everybody. All right. This is number five for you until you get your bonus. How many wins does CC Sabathia have? Is it 72, 98, 134, or 107?
0: 107. Russo? as a Yankee. I'm going to say 134. You're correct, actually, on that one. Yeah. You're pretty good at this, man. Yeah, too bad that's not my team right now.
2: All right, this is your two-parter question. Russo, you cannot steal this one, so this is for you, James, all by yourself. All right. How many wins does Joe Girardi have as a Yankees manager, just as a Yankees manager? Is it 1,001, 910, 878, or 900? 910. Boom. You got it. Russo, just like that. Here we go. Look at that, everybody how how incredible, incredible stuff. Now we're going to go on to we're at the update here. It's thirteen to eight. The machine is wrecking the wrecker, (laughs) and we got Kyle up here. Tom,
1: take it away. You ready, Russo? No. You 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 (laughs) have uh, you have five Mets questions and one bonus upcoming. right, So first question: True or false? Jacob. Jacob Degrom has never had a losing season on the mound at the major league level. Give me false. Correct. Jacob Degrom right. went seven and eight in two thousand sixteen. Yes. That was the year the Mets were atrocious. Well, one of the many years the Mets were, yeah, was quote, quote unquote, oh, atrocious. That one. <laughs> yeah. uh, question number two: The Mets, this Mets player led the league in batting average for most of last season. For the Jeff night. McNeil, yep, correct. Well. Jeff McNeil is correct. Wow, two for two for the Mets. All right. Kyle Russo, as you know, and as I'm sure you really enjoy hearing this, Pete Alonso broke Aaron Judge's rookie home run record last year. Uh, how many home runs did Alonso? have? 53. Read? All right. You didn't have to get into the choices. Yeah, yeah. Terrible Terrible
3: right. Terrible number. Terrible number. That's a beautiful number right there, guys. All
2: right. Uh, okay. you up, dude. Oh, man. I know. You
3: know, the Mets quite Tom. you got to make them more difficult.
1: You know? I know. Fourth question. How many division titles do the Mets have? You have choices here. A, 6, B, 10, C, 20, or D, 17? Again, that is 6, 10, 20, 17. He's 6. Correct. Mistake. thank you.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh.
1: All right. Oh, Russo is four for four for the Mets. See so if can go five for five. Another Jacob DeGrom question. How many wins does Jacob DeGrom have? You have choices A, 60, B, 79, C, 20, D, 17. I'm sorry. Whoa. How many wins does Jacob DeGrom have? I read the wrong choices. A, 60, B, 79, C, 66, D, 54. Again, that is 60, 79, 66, or 54? 54. Incorrect. James, would you like to steal?
3: I believe it's 79.
1: Incorrect. Correct answer is 66. Yeah, 66. Okay. All right, bonus two-pointer. Bonus two-point question. Kyle. Can you name four Mets starting position players from last season that hit over 20 home runs? There were five that did it. Can you name four of them that hit 20 or more
0: home runs? Alonzo. um, Conforto. uh, McNeil and
1: give me Ramos James would you like a steal
3: uh, oh. yeah um
1: Canel nope thank god the five Mets players who hit 20 or more home runs last season. Russo got three of them. McNeil, Alonzo, Conforto, Todd Frazier, and J.D. Davis. I forgot about J.D.
3: How many did uh, Cano hit then? hit 20. Like
1: 10. Not enough. Cano, Cano was hurt most of the season. All right, Fonz, back to James. We are in the final round here. Ooh. And the current score. It's
2: a tight race. James... Yeah, James
1: is ahead 13
2: to 12. Okay, so here are general NFL questions. It can be ranging from anything. How many years must a player be retired to be eligible for the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Uh, Eight years? Russo, would you like to steal this one? Five. You, sir, correct.
0: Back in the game, baby.
2: Just Not like that. We're at 13-13. James, don't let me down on this one. Outside of Lamar Jackson, name another Ravens Pro Bowler from the 2019 NFL season. They had the record for most Pro Bowls. Name another player outside of Lamar Jackson.
3: I blanked on your running back's name, and that's pissing me off now. Jesus. Don't do this to me. <laughs> I, I I literally see his commentary.
2: Are you kidding me, Mazzy? There's 13 other choices you can go with here. Hollywood Brown. <laughs> wow. I wow. wish. Russo, would you like to name at least one Ravens Pro <laughs> Bowler, not name Lamar Jackson?
0: Big trust Mark Ingram, maybe.
2: That's correct. Other choices we've accepted. Mark Angle. Marlon Humphrey. Marcus Peters. Mark funds, everybody. Can, can we get the score on the – Or should just oh, yeah.
3: said Ingram? All right. I got a question. I know this is way late in the game.
2: If it's, 14, said, it's, it's 14. It's 14. Yes, that's right. I apologize. I got to update that one. Yes, yes, yes. If
3: 14. I just said the last name, would that have counted?
1: No, uh, no. Okay. Because uh, uh, Orlando Brown made the Pro Bowl. So if you just said Brown, like I, I know Brown was wrong, but if you just said Brown, yeah, yeah, we wouldn't have known which one you were referring to, and you might have accidentally been given a point for that. So that's the full good. name,
3: okay. Okay. no, 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 I just wanted to double check. That's all. Like well, yeah, we're talking about. Ingram, I, I didn't remember his first name, but then I'm like, well, names right. aren't count. if we're talking
1: oh. about the Bo Bo Pete uh, Keys on the cheap, so I can't even pronounce. You can just say Bo Pete. Bo Pete. All right.
2: This is your number three. Carson Palmer played for the Cincinnati Bengals and Arizona Cardinals. What was the third team you played for? Oh no. What were the the, you said the two teams were? The Bengals and the Cardinals. What was the third team?
3: Arizona? No.
2: Russo? What <laughs> is? The Raiders, baby. And just like that, Russo is s- securing somewhat of a lead. It's 15 to 13. Big trust. All right. <laughs> only one home team won in the wild card round this past season. Who was that team? Again, w- only one home team won in the wild card round last year. Which team was it?
3: I'm trying to remember who, who the home teams were.
0: Wasn't the, the – no. Chiefs? Russo? Texans.
1: Just like that.
3: They had a day the home game? Oh. You'd be defeated the Buffalo
2: Bills.
1: All right. it, should, it shouldn't have happened, but it did. It did. Yeah,
2: yeah. technically speaking. Uh, okay. if We did a personal record book. All right. Can you name five starting quarterbacks who are older than 35? There was uh, seven. Excuse me, six. Can you name five of them? Five of the six starting quarterbacks. Can you name them who are older than the age of 35? Russell looks like he's thinking. I think he has an idea too.
0: of it. Well, I want to know if one counts because uh, I'm thinking about it. I think I got it, but I want to know if one counts.
1: All right, we got to start listing off here.
2: All right, James, if you can't figure it out, nothing. Uh, no, I got, I got, I got at least four. Okay, well, name the four and see if you can round off the rest.
3: Brady, Tom Brady, correct. Eli Manning, because he did start the season. Are, are we counting that one?
1: No, not
3: well, why not?
1: He's <laughs> retired, but he started.
3: But you never gave a season, technically, he started last season. If you said currently up to this season, we would that that wouldn't count,
1: right? Okay. But Eli Manning retired, so we said currently, like the guys, the guys five start left.
3: starting quarterbacks.
0: All right, like so now. it's
3: Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. Joe Flacco. He's not thirty-five.
0: Mm-hmm. He didn't start. He didn't start.
2: Not right. starting, and Russo. he's not. He's, Russo,
0: he's got two of them. What did he say? He said. He said Brady and Rogers.
2: Brady and Rogers. He's got two of them. Can you name three more?
0: Yeah, Brady Rogers, uh, Big Ben. Oh, yeah, Big Ben, because he started. Yes. Um, Breeze. And I wanted to know if this one counted. Does Fitzpatrick count?
2: Fitzpatrick does count. They are counting Fitzpatrick here. So congratulations, you got it. It's 17 to 13. Now, we got the final bonus question here. Russo, you cannot steal this one. See if you can redeem yourself, James. Can you name the last time the Washington Redskins made the playoffs? Um. 2012? No. So Russo cannot steal. It is 2015. Apologies for that one. Here's the score update. Tom, we'll get to you now. Get to the questions for Russo. All right. So,
1: Russo, uh, you have a comfortable four-point lead. However, James can still, still steal. Questions that you answer incorrectly if you do. So five general NFL questions followed by one final bonus question. All right, so question number one. The Chicago Bears lost to which team in the 2018 wild card round? So not this past season, the one before. The Philadelphia Eagles. Correct. Wow. Damn. Boom. Didn't even need an explanation, Tommy. got it. Question number two. LaDanian Tomlinson. Ended his career with which NFL team after spending? Yes. Jesus, man. Let me, let me put the tickers up
2: here first. My God, dude.
1: Question number three. Former NFL quarterback Jay Cutler played for how many teams? Two, Bears and Miami. Incorrect. James, mm. would you like to steal? Sure, I'll give it a shot. Um, Jay Cutler played for three. Correct. Kyle, you said the Bears in Miami, right? Yes. Jay Cutler was drafted by the Denver Broncos in 2006 and played for the Broncos for three years before going to Chicago. Fun facts, guys. Fun fact. Um, all right, question number four, Kyle. Who won the 2012 NFL MVP? You have choices. A. Adrian Peterson.
0: Adrian Peterson. Correct. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> I know. I, listen, I know something. Let me have it. The other choices would have been Tom Brady, Aaron
1: Rodgers, and Calvin Johnson, but you got David it. All right. <laughs> question number four Which year did oh.
2: the. Yes, funds? No, I messed up. The, I popped the wrong question. Go ahead. You're good. Don't
1: listen to me. Okay. When did the Rams leave St. Louis? Which year did they leave St. Louis for L.A.?
0: 2017.
1: Incorrect. James, would you like to steal? 2018.
0: Nope. 2019?
1: 2015. 113?
3: They've been in there for that long. They've been in LA now for five years already. Wow. I, I believe
1: the, um, yeah, they left in 2015. Yeah. I know funds made that question, right? Uh, yeah, okay. They move 20, they, then, Kyle yeah. Russo, uh, just to, just to reset the, uh, the scoreboard here it is 21 to 13 Russo. Uh Russo this Whoa, is your Wait wait, wait. I 21? scored a point. 21, yeah, 14. 21, 21 14. 21 14. 21 14. You were
3: not giving me the Manning one. I need to count my
1: points. Apologies. <laughs>
2: All
1: right. Who coached the Minnesota Vikings before Mike Zimmer? Mike no, Zimmer? Yes. Any options or um no, no,
0: because this is a two-pointer. If it was a one-pointer, then yes. But. I was just listen. I was asking. I have to. I have no idea.
1: Unfortunately, you cannot phone a friend on this one.
0: <laughs> All right. I have no idea, guys. I have no idea.
1: Uh, I'll give you this. Um, Mike Zimmer has been the head coach of the Vikings since 2014. Still have no idea. All right. James, would you like to give a crack at it? I know this is just for fun at this point.
3: Yeah. um, Wait, before
1: 2014?
3: Yep. Not Coughlin, was it?
1: Nope. All right. Answer was Leslie Frazier. All right. All right, so – Good job, guys. Kyle, uh, you're ahead, twenty-one to fourteen. Funds. Uh, what do you say we give this uh, bonus, this ultra bonus question, a crack here, since we have a couple of minutes before we get Dom up on the line um, yeah. and how this is going to work? We're doing this on the fly right now. Um, if if James, look, if you're if you're able to name all all of them, and Kyle can't name any of them, you win. But funds, since you made this question. What? I will uh, <laughs> you can ask meet. it. Uh, yeah, okay. but James, James realistically needs to outscore you by eight, eight? points, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, no,
2: I'll give you this, James. You can get eight or more then, you know. All right, here it is. Name at least three of the top ten rushing yard leaders in Giants history, only regular season rushing yards, by the way. Name three of the top ten. You don't have to do it in order. Just pick which three you think. Uh, wait, um, is
0: this this for just James or
2: we'll go James first, see how many he can go, and then we'll go from there.
3: Bradshaw,
2: he's sixth.
3: Okay, so that's one out of three. Um, uh, Brandon Jacobs, but I don't think so.
4: He, yeah,
3: he's on there. He's on there. Okay. Fourth. Um, the uh, Williams before he got hurt. There is no Williams on here. No, no, no. I, not, I, I, I know. I don't know why I said Williams. I, Will Wilson. He's, no.
2: David Wilson. I know you're talking about. No. Yeah. He's uh, not on Okay.
3: That, that's what I. I wasn't too sure about him. Um. One more. Uh. How many years are we going back? This is all-time rushing leaders. All right. Um, this is why it was tiebreaker.
1: Ten seconds.
3: Tyree? No. No. Um. I don't know the third.
2: Five. I don't. Four, know. So three. He, he's not good. So he got Brandon Jacobs and Bradshaw at four and six respectively. Russo, can you name any more on that list?
0: Uh, Tiki, he's
2: number one. He's number one. Uh, we have some extra little time here. If you can name anybody else. I mean, you're talking about
0: all time season, right? All time, regular season, rushing leaders. Uh, Saquon. Saquon's not on there. He's not on there. Ron Johnson. No, it's done. He, uh,
1: wait, can you go if you keep, uh, if you get one wrong, Oh, well, I mean,
2: Jay, I mean, Russo's already in the lead. He already won the game. I thought it was just for fun. We All right, that so, game.
0: yeah, keep uh, seeing if you can name any more, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, Ron Johnson, is he one he's, of them? He's number seven. Or Rodney Hampton? He's number two. I'm pretty sure Tiki had, like,
2: yeah, five we, of them. Yeah, we said Tiki's on there for uh, – Tiki's one. Rodney Hampton's two. Brandon Jacobs is four. Bradshaw's uh, six. Ron Johnson's seven. So, you're missing three, Five.
1: Eight,
0: nine, ten. I don't know, guys. All right. all
2: right. Well, I'll close out here. It's Tiki Barber, Rodney Hampton, George, uh, Joe Mason, Brandon Jacobs, Alex Webster, Amon Bradshaw, Ron Johnson, Frank Gifford, Doug Coder, and Eddie Price. And that, folks, was a tri- the trivia. And Kyle, the Recaruso, is officially
0: your winner. How about that? Woo! Congrats for yourself. Thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. I was looking really bad. uh,
1: Final score of 21 to 14. Congrats, Kyle. Good effort, James. So uh, without further ado, um, we're going to transition into the Pittsburgh Steelers and funds. I'll I'll give you a moment to get Dom up on the line here. Uh, So the Pittsburgh Steelers just had six draft picks this year due to the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. Obviously, they traded a couple away. Um, Hank, correct. Yes, Joe Morris, not Joe Mason. Correct. Oh,
2: I said Joe Morris.
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe it's a little miscommunication or uh, an audio issue there.
2: Yeah, um, I, said, I said Joe Morris. So we're, okay. we're good. And Dom is ready to go.
1: Dom is here now. Great. Uh, hello, Dom. Uh, Dom, well, welcome to the show. Look forward to having you on tonight. And, um...
4: Yeah. How are you feeling about your uh, Pittsburgh Steelers? You know, I, I like the draft. I like free agency. Uh, looking, hopefully, at least a wild card spot for next year. I think this team looks pretty good so far. So the Pittsburgh
1: Steelers had a very inter- interesting draft, Dom. Um, yeah. I know they only had six picks, but they took the guy I really liked, uh, Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame in the second round. They took Alex Highsmith and Edge out of Charlotte in the third round comp. Then in the fourth round, they took running back Anthony McFarlane Jr. out of Maryland. They also took Kevin Donson in the fourth round, a guard out of Louisiana. Sixth round, they took Antoine Brooks Jr. out of Maryland. And then in the seventh round, they wrapped it up with Carlos Davis, a defensive lineman out of Nebraska. So, Dom, uh, we're just going to jump right into it here. First question. Uh, the Steelers did add a tall receiver in Chase Claypool. He had 13 touchdowns last year at Notre Dame. It took him a couple of years to break out. Uh how does he fit into this offense,
4: and does he start alongside Juju week one? You know, I think week one he will start. I, he's a big target. Some He's a wide receiver that Ben needed, especially, you know, he probably only has two, three years left at max. Um, what, what I like about him, too, is his size, because you could use him in some packages as a tight end. And with Ebron and Vance McDonald always being hurt, and, you know, Ebron – Hopefully if we get the twenty eighteen Eric Ebron, it was a steal. If it's twenty nineteen Eric Ebron, uh not too great. So it's good to have a type of like a tight end kind of wide receiver in there. So uh, I think he's gonna fit in pretty well. Good target for Ben, too. Yeah, you know, I re- I really like Chase Claypool. I know Russo, you were high on him
1: for the Giants. Uh what do you think he brings to the table that other receivers don't?
0: I think he brings that athletic freak ability. You know, what really raised his combine um, status up was uh, his draft status up was the combine. Just an unbelievable freak athlete. He's going to be uh, a dominator when it comes to 50-50 balls, that's for sure. Uh, and he's just going to help alongside, you know, uh, there was arguments going into last season. And I guess they'll never get to be proved or not because we didn't see a big Ben went down, I believe, week two or week three early in the season and never came back, was if Juju could be the number one. Now, he doesn't necessarily have to be. You could split passes between them. You know you got a guy now in uh, Deontay Johnson. James Washington started to pick up the pace towards the end of the season. You got a nice core of receivers, and I love the Eric Ebron addition as well. With Eric Ebron, back in 2018, the reason why he had such a successful season was because he had Andrew Luck throwing him the ball. And I'm not saying that Jacoby Brissett isn't a good quarterback. He is. He's just obviously Andrew Luck. I, I think we could all say, you know, was one of the best quarterbacks, short-lived career, obviously. One of the best quarterbacks that has played football, at least of this past decade. So when you have a guy, uh, a, a veteran like Big Ben, who's been around the block, uh, played, in, played in the league a long time with this Steelers organization, has a great tight end in there, who's versatile, big, and he's young. I mean, that's going to be a dangerous, dangerous squad to go up against offensively. It definitely is. And James Conner, too. James Conner, he had a good rookie season, but last season he got hurt a lot, and you didn't really see that uh, second year come out of him. And, uh, you know, a healthy James Conner, I think that's definitely going to help your offense out tremendously. But back to Chase Claypool, I mean, that's just – I think that was a steal. I think that was an excellent draft pick by the Steels, and I think that's going to help Big Ben and potentially whoever his successor is um, in the future a lot. Um, Now, uh, I
1: definitely think Claypool is a good addition for you guys, and I agree with Kyle, but um, I think the biggest need for Pittsburgh in this draft is depth on that defensive line. Um, And then they got it, and Alex Highsmith, a third-round comp pick. Now, the Steelers, obviously, they bring back T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree, right? Watt's on the fifth-year option, and Bud Dupree signed a restricted free agent tender, I believe, uh, but they lack depth behind them. How does Highsmith, a former walk on, by the way, fill that void? And what do you expect from him in year
4: one? Well, in year one, I don't really see him having too much of an important role. I mean, he's, I believe he's 248. He's, he's not the biggest guy, but he is fast. I think he's more of a, he's definitely a project type of guy. I think that um, he, w- he probably won't see much playing time, maybe special teams. But what I do like about him is that he's very fast off the line. He can get to quarterbacks very quickly. It's just his biggest issue is against the run, run blocking, but um, run defense, sorry. But uh, I don't expect much out of him, but I think he could be a good successor for uh, Bud Dupree in the future if we don't agree on a deal. Yeah, I definitely think he'd be a guy
1: that could fill in. By the way, he had 15 sacks at Charlotte last year, so definitely uh, an interesting little factoid there. Uh, Fonz, do you have a question for Dom? Yeah, I do. They So the Steelers
2: drafted a, a running back in Anthony McFarlane Jr. from Maryland. Uh, so on top of that, they have Jalen Samuels, James Conner, and Benny Snell, I believe, as the other running backs on the yeah. roster. Uh, we kind of saw the likes of uh, mainly James Conner getting injured and not being you know there as much. Uh, do you think more now the Steelers are going to go with the running back by committee um, with the selection of McFarlane to kind of use all four of them, or do you think they'll still kind of go with Conner as like the bell cow and maybe put – Samuels and the other guys previously mentioned in the like spot duty.
4: Yeah. You know, I think that they're going to, they're leaning more towards committee kind of like what Seattle has been doing, especially San Francisco. And that's been working out for them. So I think with, uh with Connor also on his last year of his deal, I'm not sure with, with his injury history. I don't really, uh I don't see him signing him back. He does want to come back because he loves Pittsburgh. He's, he said to reporters that it's going to be tough leaving if he does have to leave. But, um, I think that with uh, also Kareth White too, who they uh, picked up from uh, the Bears practice squad last year, he was very good last year, very fast. He's almost kind of like McFarland too. They're both the same, they're close to the same weight, same height. They're both just home run type of running backs. They just they have a, like a burst of speed. Uh, but I think committee is going to probably what's going to what they're going to start doing uh, the next couple of years. I think since Le'Veon Bell left, they kind of realized, you know, you just gotta have a bunch of collect collection of running backs instead of just having one premier guy and then just a bunch of uh scrubs behind him. So yeah, I think committee is probably what they're gonna do with McFarland. So,
1: Dom, I'm actually not a big fan of this pick. Um uh, the reason why is uh I understand he was he played in the Big Ten. Uh that's great and all, but I'm pretty sure he only you know, he only has two real years of experience. I think he flipped around positions and whatnot. And I just think, I don't know about you, Don, but I think the Steelers are pretty okay at the running back position with Samuels and Snell, like Fonz was uh, alluding to. Obviously, Connor is that bell cow, but, uh, you know, I hope McFarland does well there. I'm just, I'm not sure if it was actually, like, honestly, like like maybe a necessary pick, but I mean, it definitely didn't hurt. I know Pittsburgh really uh, is trying to revamp um I know besides their three Pro Bowl offensive linemen, they don't have that much. So I mean that's where I thought they would have went there.
4: Yeah, I mean, um I think I think it was a little bit of a reach, especially in the fourth round with a guy who's, you know, that small. But what I do like about him is that he, even he's not like a Dre Archer kind of guy, you know, who's one tackle and he's done this guy just plows through guys even for his for his weight. I mean, he's he's a strong power kind of running back too with that speed. So um I mean, it could work out. I don't think he's going to, I think he actually has a chance of making an impact next year because with, uh, Connor always getting hurt with Jalen Samuels, always getting hurt. I mean, it's good. It's, it's always good to have a good collection of running back. So I, I don't mind the pick, but at the same time, it could be seen as a reach, but I understand, like, I understand your point, but, um, I'll take it for now. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't think it's a bad pick.
1: I'm just not like the biggest fan of it, but I mean, we'll see what happens for sure. Uh, James, question for Dom.
3: So, Dom, this is uh, a little bit off, not focused on the draft, but with uh, Big Ben coming back, you know, clean-shaven it looked like from uh, his picture a few days ago. Um, Do you see, since what we saw last season with the Steelers' backups, what they went through, did you feel like they should have drafted a quarterback more in the draft or more leaving that open for Big Ben to come back to Big Ben style?
4: Yeah, I mean, I was kind of – I was surprised they didn't go after a quarterback. But at the same time, I think after Jalen Hurts, I didn't really uh, expect them to really – it didn't really didn't make any sense to go after a quarterback, I guess, for this year. I wanted a guy like Chase uh, – not Chase, Case Keenum, who would have been a cheap backup just to have alongside Mason Rudolph in Case uh, Mason c- continues to struggle, but um, yeah, I think next year would probably be a year. I think in the first round or second round they go after another quarterback if if Rudolph isn't uh the success for at Big Ben.
3: Now, would you just to take along uh, to that question? Would you then, since uh, there's still a few quarterbacks open on the market, would you want to see the Steelers take a
4: splash at them at all? Uh, oh, you mean like Cam Newton? Yeah. Honestly, I think for the right price, if it's a one-year deal and it's it's not too, uh, not too much money involved, it's low risk. I actually, I would consider that, especially, you know, if he's still available during the season and Ben gets hurt again and Rudolph just can't figure it out. That's, that's not a good, that's not a bad guy to have in your, uh, quarterback room. So, especially for, at that price for like a one-year deal, I would definitely take it. 100%, 100%. Good question, James. Uh,
0: so, uh, Russo, question for Dom. It kind of goes along the same lines of what James asked, a little different, though. Uh, with Big Ben, he's coming back from, I believe he aggravated and wound up having a surgery on his actual throwing elbow, his throwing arm, yes. uh, last season. He's a 38-year-old. He just signed a two-year extension, I believe around $66 million. Do you see Big Ben living out the extension of his contract? Uh,
4: I mean, as he's, a start, as
0: at least as a starting quarterback for this team.
4: Okay. Uh, I, I think for two more years, I think he could, I, he's always, I mean, he had a freak injury last year, but he's always been durable. He, he gets hurt all the time, but he's always comes back. He's, he's just a strong guy. I think for two more years, I think he'll be fine. I think the old line's going to get better too. I mean, it was disappointing last year because all these elite guys on the line, but I think he's going to have protection weapons. I think he's going to be fine. I think for two more years live live that contract out.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that Big Ben is definitely not going to last too much longer, but I think he's going to last longer. I think he's going to be one of the last few remaining, especially of that 2004 class, of that class in general, or of that upper tier of quarterbacks right now. Uh, so Dom, my next question for you is Kevin Dotson, right? The, the fourth round pick that they got via the Miami Dolphins for the Minka uh, trade. Dotson comes on to an offensive line with three former pro bowlers, Alejandro Villanueva, Marquise Pouncey, and David DeCastro. right? Uh, A line that surprisingly struggled last year, in my opinion. I think you saw it a little bit too. Obviously, the Steelers started
4: out 0-4. How will Dotson learn under those guys? You know, um, yeah, they struggled last year, but I think they're going to have a bounce-back year. Like, DeCastro, Pouncy, and Villanueva are all excellent. I think that uh, – and he's got a good chance, too, of also getting some time in. I think because they rotate a lot of guys in and out. Um are with their injury histories. Uh, I like this guy a lot, too. He's strong. He's, uh, he's also – he's rated by PFF as the best um, – run blocker in the draft of of the uh, O-linemen available. So Mm -hmm. in the fourth round, that's pretty good. So um, I think he may have a good chance of uh, making an impact next year, especially with uh, Ramon Foster uh, retiring.
1: Yeah, no, that's a big key uh, hog up there too that they lost in Ramon Foster. I know he was there for a good amount of years. Uh, Dom, do you think – do you wish Pittsburgh did anything differently or would you say that you were satisfied?
4: Um, you know, I think for the most part, I was satisfied, but I kind of, sometimes I kind of think about this too. I think instead of McFarland, I kind of wish they went after another wide receiver just to add even more depth there. And again, you know, the Ravens, uh, took the guy I wanted really in the second round with, uh, JK Dobbins. So, (laughs) and then in the fourth round, a guy I also wanted, uh, Robert Duvernay, they take him too. So yeah, I I think a wide receiver, uh, with Claypool would have been nice, but overall I'm pretty satisfied.
1: Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, obviously you didn't have that many picks, so I don't think it was the best draft, but I think you guys got a lot of good value for the picks that you had, especially Dotson, Claypool, Highsmith. I mean, McFarland wasn't bad. I mean, the the jury is out probably on a lot of these rookies overall, majority of the guys that have been drafted. Um, but overall I think Pittsburgh had a pretty decent draft obviously with, uh, the Baltimore Ravens and Dom, to be honest with you, I think the AFC North is very improved this year. I think the Browns and Bengals both revamped a lot. I think the Bengals have a lot of good weapons on offense funds. I know as a Ravens fan, uh, which team are you most scared of in this uh, AFC North?
2: I, it would still be the Steelers because of that defense. Uh, that defense is still uh, really good. That secondary is good. We'd make it Fitzpatrick, which I think was a very good trade for them to, during the season. Obviously you still have Joe Hay who plays at a, at a high level there. Uh you have uh Devin Bush. Yeah, I get him and Devin White confused with Devin Bush in the middle, with Doug Bud Dupree, who really turned things around last season, uh having a career year. So I mean obviously with uh, Cam Hayward too in the in the middle of the defensive line. So it'd still be the Steelers for me. And on top you have that offense too, but that defense is still uh could still give teams a lot of trouble. So it's the
1: Steelers for me. Very nice. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. I think the Bengals will be improved, Joe Burrow on their center. But uh uh, especially now with the seventh wild card team, Pittsburgh definitely has a much stronger chance of making it. Uh, to be honest, I think this is a year that they might have been in consideration regardless, even if it was the six-team format. Uh, Dom, what are your thoughts on the Steelers opening up on Monday Night Football against the Giants? I know you probably have some thoughts
4: about that. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, this is the first time, I think, since after they won the Super Bowl, they played a team that – wasn't in the AFC North, so um, it kind of sucks, too, because I, I really want to go to that game. It's, it's in MedLife, but we'll, we'll see what happens with this virus, you know. But um, I kind of like it. Daniel Jones against uh, T.J. Wadd, Bud Dupree. It's going to be interesting. You know, Dom, it's kind of like you just sit back there, you wait for the
1: schedule to come out, you look at it, you see it, and you're like, wow, right? You know, it's just th- like a wow moment, you know, and wow, like Pittsburgh and Giants have not opened up. And this is, these are teams that only play each other once every four years. Yeah. I remember that Giants-Steelers game back in 2008. That was a great one. Now, the Steelers, yes, they only had six draft picks, but they actually did take 10 undrafted free agents. I know Trajan Bandy and James Pierre were a couple uh, defensive backs that they took. Any of these guys that stuck out to you the most that might have a chance
4: at cracking this roster in 2020? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I haven't really paid too much attention with these uh, undrafted guys, but um, uh, what positions were they again? Well, they, they took a couple of cornerbacks. They took James Lockhart out
1: of Baylor, uh, a linebacker who played, um, his team almost made the college football playoff this year. I know they they took a punter too, uh, Corliss Waitman. So, I mean, I, there's definitely a good variety of positions that the Steelers took. They also, uh, got an undrafted free agent fullback, Spencer Knitt from Auburn. So, you know, they took, they took a lot of, uh, interesting developmental prospects that have a shot at, uh, making this team for sure. But
4: um, yeah, Dom, do you have a favorite pick in general uh, that stood out the most to you? Okay. Uh, actually, I would actually say Kevin Dotson. And the reason why is because ever since I started using Twitter last year, I would, uh, if any of the guys who get drafted by the Steelers have their DMs open, I would just say like, like you know, you know I'm pumped to have you on the team, anything like that. And so <laughs> they never respond. The first time I ever got a response was Kevin Dotson. He hearted my message and followed me on Twitter. So, Interesting. I'm a huge Kevin Dotson fan now, I guess.
1: That's dope.
4: dope. Yeah, it's uh,
1: pretty cool. You have an NFL player following you now from your favorite NFL team. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Guys, uh, what was your favorite pick made by Pittsburgh? Do you agree with Dom that this was your favorite pick? I mean, personally, mine was Chase Claypool. I know it's not just because I'm a Notre Dame fan. His height, his size, and I really think it fills a void because Juju – I know the Steelers had quarterback problems last year, but Juju's numbers were not as what they were compared to the year before. And I still think the jury is out on guys like uh, James Washington. I know they have Deontay Johnson, who's a really nice young product, but uh, Chase Claypool is definitely the guy for me.
2: I I agree with you on that one. I think it'd be Claypool for me too. It gives them another option at the receiver spot. I mean, because when Juju went down, yeah, Deontay Johnson was good, but you kind of saw struggles of like whoever was throwing the ball, they couldn't really find a consistent target. So, Chase Claypool, big body target fits perfectly in Pittsburgh. So yeah, I agree with Tomlin. that's probably the, that's my favorite pick for the Steelers draft.
0: I would have to go with Alex Highsmith. You know, this was a guy that the giants liked a lot. I thought the giants were going to actually get him. I believe the giants took Matt pert in the third round with the 99th overall pick, the Steelers draft Highsmith with the one Oh two pick in this year's draft. Um, that was a guy I, I followed when I started hearing that the giants are very interested in him. He's an excellent player. And, um, Dom, I believe you said this earlier, too, that if Bud Dupree was to leave if, um, after this tag is over, after this year is over, and they don't get him back, this is, a, this is a stud guy you got here. This is a stud guy.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I also really like the Antoine Brooks pick a lot. The safety uh, out of Maryland, same college as McFarland. Uh, Dom, obviously, I know you have Terrell Edmonds and Steve Nelson, but I, I think he's definitely a solid guy to have as a third safety special teamer. Uh, I think he's good as well. Um, also, I know you're a big Eric Ebron fan, um, and that's really my last question, i and we will open up the floor uh, to you, but Eric Ebron, instantly the starting tight end, right? Instantly. Mm-hmm. I know he's a big uh, red zone threat for
4: the Lions and the Colts. Yeah, you know, uh, the contract, too, is I think it was only two years, 10 mil. That's, that's a steal if we get the 2018 Eric Ebron. Like, like, uh, you guys said, with, uh, he had Andrew Luck on the ball to him. Obviously, it's much better than Brissett. And I mean, his only issue is, you know, he has like streaks of being hot and cold. But, you know, a big guy like that, too, to just add to this offense, perfect target for Ben. Um, he's just like the big hands, long arms, uh, pretty fast, actually, too, for a tight end. So, uh, for two years, 10 mil, that's a great, great sign, great signing. Especially with Donald always, always getting hurt, too.
1: I know Nick Vanek got traded last year, and then, uh, yeah, Van, Vance McDonald. So it'll definitely be interesting. Uh, Dom, any questions for us here before uh, we let you go?
4: Yeah. What do you guys think of the um, the new playoff format for next year?
1: Kyle, I'll let you take this one.
0: It's, it's definitely interesting. I, I don't know if I – you know what it is? It's one of those things where I would have to say that I'd have to see it play out and actually see how it would unfold. Because you've already seen that players, a lot of players don't necessarily agree with this new format, but obviously they're going to be forced into it anyway. You'd have to see how it go down, and then you know what's going on in the world right now. You got to even see if it if this season even happens. You know, knock on what it does. Um, as us football fans definitely want to see a 2020 season, but for me, it's just one of those things that I, I got to see it unfold before I could really make an opinion about it.
1: Fons, you got anything on that? And I'll chime in.
2: Um, you know, I mean, it, it does – I kind of I kind of agree with Russo on that. Uh, it is a way to, you know, get an extra team in the wild card spot and it kind of solidifies, like, who's the top team in each conference because I think it's now just be one team that gets the uh, the bye week. So that – I guess that would kind of show, like, who's the – guess the supreme leader or whatever of the conferences or whatever. I mean, I guess. But it's something different just to change things up. It's been the same kind of format for a while. So it's a little bit of a change. But like Russo said, I want to see it out for a year and see, like – if it works and if it doesn't, maybe they'll change it up or something, but you know, it's cool to see that, you know, we get an extra wild card team in there. It gives fans a more hope that they can
1: make a playoff run. 100%. I do too. Uh, Dom, my personal opinion on it is I, th- I think of it this way. I think that if I, if I'm Fonz right now, like I'm scared of the seven, the uh, seventh seed, because now it puts that much more pressure on you to get that one seed, uh, especially playing in a conference that does have Patrick Mahomes. You could sit there go 13 and three and have to play an eight and eight team on wild card weekend and lose. You lose one game and you're done. You know what I'm saying? I love it personally. I think it adds excitement. It adds competition. Uh, this is one of the very few things I like about the new CBA. Uh, yeah. I personally think it's going to be good for football. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to let
4: Dom go. Dom, any final thoughts? Uh. Not really any final thought, but uh, I I'm just hoping that you know we have a football season this year. You know, That's yeah,
1: I I feel you on that. I know we we were trying to go to like a preseason game or something last year, uh, Giants Jets, but um, I know we actually got to watch a preseason game together last year when you're working on MLB. So hopefully that'll happen again this summer. Tom, thanks yeah. so much for calling in. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. No problem. All yeah. right. Thanks, Dom. That was Dominic Danielli from Stanford, Connecticut. And now we will transition into the Cincinnati Bengals. So the Cincinnati Bengals, they took Joe Burrow, number one overall. Pretty good pick. Uh, excellent pick. Uh, this is the uh, potentially the new face of their franchise. Uh, personally, the, the team liked it enough that they let their uh, longtime franchise quarterback, Andy Dalton, go. So the Bengals had seven picks. They were true to all their picks. They made no trades. Burrow has a lot of weapons on this offense, guys. We're talking about A.J. Green, who's coming back off of injury if he sticks. John Ross, Tyler Boyd, and they draft their wide receiver, too. T. Higgins out of Clemson, who uh, the first pick of the second round. What do we expect from Joe Burrow in year one, guys? This guy threw 60 touchdown passes at LSU last year.
2: I mean, he has a, a- Two good targets with A.J. Green and uh, T. Higgins, who I've been really high on for a while. I wanted the Ravens to get him. And he has a solid running back in Joe Mixon. Uh, the line could be a big question mark. They do have Jonah Williams, who's coming back. Uh, looking on the defensive side, you still have Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap. So, I mean, you still have somewhat stability and veterans around. It's kind of more because we've seen with the Bengals, what can they, you know, once the playoffs roll around, they kind of just fall flat. You know, and maybe with a new era with Joe Burrow and uh, Zach Taylor as the coach, it could work. We've seen Zach Taylor work well. Uh, I think it was with the Rams um, and Jared Goff earlier yeah. where he was like a Pro Bowl quarterback. And we thought, like, this guy is going to take the next step. So maybe he can definitely do that with Joe Burrow. So it would be exciting to see.
1: I think so, too. Look, guys, this guy threw for over 5,500 yards last year. And it's crazy the transition he went from year three to year four on that football field. Uh, and the, the fact that he played against elite competition in the SEC, I think that goes unnoticed by a lot of people. I no, think no. it'll be...
3: Well, go ahead, Russo. No, James, go ahead, man. Thanks. Um, I think it'll be different. Yeah, as We all know that a transition from the NFL to... Uh, excuse me. From college to the NFL is a lot different. Um, but I also think what may hurt him a little bit this season is not having that face-to-face with the, like I sit down face-to-face with the coach um, and his offensive lineman and all that other stuff, uh, because I'm pretty sure they'll probably do a lot of virtual stuff at the moment. Um, So I think that will hurt his first year um, of learning, but he seems like a pretty smart guy um, and very well football Knowledgeable guy that he'll be able to overcome any of those challenges that he's going to face this, you know, this preseason leading up to the season.
1: Yeah, 100%. I completely agree. Uh, I think Burrow is a great, excellent talent for this team. Obviously, the number one pick might have been Tua uh, if he wasn't hurt. But to be honest with you, I think Cincinnati liked this guy so much. Even if Tua was healthy, Burrow still might have been that guy. Um, I just think they were that much in love with him. I don't think they really would have wavered in any way, shape, or form. What do we think about that? If Tua was healthy, do the Bengals still take Joe Burrow number one overall in this 2020 NFL draft?
2: I think still, yes, because of the season Burrow had, and especially that he is a local guy. I think that kind of, that has to play somewhat of a factor into it. But, I mean, yes, I think Tua would have been a bigger like debate, but I think it still would have been Burrow at the end of the day, especially with the season he put up.
0: I yeah, I would, I would have to agree with Fonz, you know, coming from Athens, Ohio, him originally going to Ohio State University. I mean, all these things play a fact, you know, even the little things. um, And just the mind of this football player, also the the chip on his shoulder. You know, he wasn't, never got the opportunity to start at Ohio State, transferred to LSU his first season, was not a good season. And then he arguably had the greatest college football season that we've ever seen from any uh, college football player. Uh, Winning the Heisman, winning the national championship, breaking almost every single record um, that we know of when it comes to offensive production from the quarterback. Um, That's what Joe Burrow did this season. I think it would have definitely been harder to pass up on Tua, if not just just for this past year's injury, but injuries in the past. Because he's been a player that's consistently been injured since high school. I think that also plays a huge factor in, you know, either Joe Burrow or Tua Togovaloa. I think either choice would have been great by the Bengals if Tua was healthy this season, but I think that they made the right call by drafting Burrow. I,
1: I do too. Uh, next, first round. Uh, first pick of the second round, they take T. Higgins. I think this was a fantastic pick. Uh, this player fell to Cincinnati, quite frankly. A lot of people, I think most of us, had him going in the first round of this draft. I think a lot of people thought he might have went to the Minnesota Vikings, uh, considering the Eagles probably should have taken Justin Jefferson in a lot of people's eyes. So T. Higgins, fantastic wide receiver who played at Clemson, caught a lot of the balls from Trevor Lawrence. 14 touchdowns last year. This receiving corps is crowded, guys. Obviously, Green was hurt last year, but you look at the talent they have, Boy, Ross, Green, and now Higgins. Can Higgins push for a starting role? And what types of looks can we see Cincinnati run this year with him in there?
2: He he is a big-bodied target. Uh, I believe he's like at like six four. Uh, he's he's so he's a tall red zone target. Yeah. I think that's something Joe Burrow would love to have, uh, especially if Cincinnati needs. Uh, A.J. Green is getting up there in age, but I mean he can he's more of like a, a speed guy slash possession guy at this point in his career. Uh, Tyler Boyd is more of the speed guy too. So they need a a big red zone target. I think he'll definitely fit that mold. You'll see him a lot once they get into the red zone, but also on the field too for stretch plays and also a solid blocker too.
1: Yeah, I uh I definitely agree uh that T Higgins is gonna be used in a lot of red zone packages because he's he's a taller player. However, um the I we might see a lot of four wide receiver sets this year, guys. Kyle, I don't know what you think, but if Joe Burrow's in there on third and long, uh if his line can keep him straight up, he has four wide receivers that are capable of making a play.
0: Yeah, no doubt. It doesn't. It definitely doesn't hurt to have depth on this roster, especially with a a new young quarterback giving him a lot of receivers with a lot of different talents to go from. You have the vet and AJ Green. You have the slot guy, speedster, and Tyler Boyd. You have another uh young and ascending receiver who's trying to um find his way in the NFL. We kind of saw him have a couple breakout games last season, and John Ross, and then adding like Fon said, another big body rookie in there, in T Higgins. It it definitely gives a lot of options for Joe Burrow to have. As a rookie, and I think it's going to help him a lot, especially with the presence of AJ Green in there. Because AJ Green is not only going to help all these new young receivers, um, out uh, a guy like T. Higgins, especially, but he's also going to help Joe Burrow. You know, that's going to be a guy that could potentially be his security blanket going into the season. I mean, uh, AJ Green, when he's a top, when he's a healthy receiver, he's easily a top five, top seven receiver in the NFL. The problem is he's struggled to get on the field the last couple of years, and. You know, the, the Bengals, I believe they franchised him this year. T. Higgins could potentially be a guy that could replace A.J. Green, but having that knowledge of A.J. Green, having the years under his belt, the a guy in T. Higgins um, who's going to be the future of the Cincinnati's bang, Cincinnati Bengals team uh, receiving core, it's definitely going to help this team for the future.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, too, because, you know, you look at what Cincinnati has on offense, not to mention Giovanni Bernard, who's a great pass-catching running back that I think can be very beneficial for that team. Uh, I think Joe Burrow has a really bright future in Cincinnati, Ohio. And the Bengals are notoriously known, and I know I, I make fun of them a little, a little bit. I bring this up a lot. They keep players a lot longer. They keep people around the organization a lot longer than they probably should. I think we saw that with Marvin Lewis, with Andy Dalton. Now we're seeing it with A.J. Green. I think they can trade A.J. Green and rebuild, but they're just stacking up at wide receiver. Uh, Speaking of which, let's get to their next pick. Third-round pick, Logan Wilson, linebacker out of Wyoming. I love this player. I'm surprised that he went this soon, but his stock was rising. To be the first pick in the third round, um, personally, I love it. Wilson, actually, he started alongside – or he's slated to start alongside incoming Ravens free agent Josh Bynes Fons. Mm-hmm. Um This is a guy who averaged nearly 100 tackles a game as a four-year starter. How does his game translate to the NFL level?
2: Well, uh, you can you put him in there. Um, obviously, I mean, he was a consistent starter at Wyoming, like you said. I mean, a smaller school, yes, but you can't count out that he was a – he played a lot for all four years there, and so he, he's an experienced guy, uh, goes into a linebacker group that desperately needs a really a man in the middle. Uh, Josh Bynes, yes, is good, but he's a, he's a journeyman veteran. Uh, Wilson could come in right away, probably start from uh, day one, uh, can fly all over the field. And like I said, he's, a, he's been a leader there for four years at Wyoming, can definitely transition to a leader, a future leader on that Bengals defense.
1: Very true. And not to mention, this was one of three linebackers the Bengals actually drafted. They drafted Akeem Davis-Gunther and then Marcus Bailey late on in the draft. Uh, This is going to be very interesting. Kyle, what's your thought process on this Logan Wilson pick? I know the Giants were looking at him as well.
0: I like it a lot. I think it definitely helps this defense out. Like Fon says, needing a man in the middle uh, is definitely important. A thing that I liked about Logan Wilson a lot is that for a linebacker, he actually managed to be pretty good at picking off the football. Like, you see this more from your safety position. You you see more from your corners, obviously. But I believe he had four interceptions this past season at Wyoming, and I think he had ten total in his his career at Wyoming. You see he's also a guy uh, that could bring it to the house as well, so he has the speed behind him, Um, on top of the fact that he can get to the quarterback, um, which is obviously very important at the linebacker position. Um, I do like this guy a lot. I know the Giants were looking into him a little bit. I was more high on a guy like Alex Highsmith but this is definitely a good guy for them. Definitely uh, a good centerpiece for them to build this young uh, defense around.
1: I completely agree, Kyle. And, uh, thank you, John. Uh, Sorry, JC. Um, he has a coffee for me sitting outside my room. We have
2: to post a comment too. See, look at great yeah. streamers. You can post out the comments here. So, Tom, don't worry, everybody. Tom has his coffee. Do can not you, worry.
1: Can you can you show that comment on the live stream? It is on the oh, live stream right it. now. Yeah, it's currently showing right now. Thank you very much. So, the uh, the Facebook world, the podcasting world you can all see that comment. <laughs> uh, yeah, my mates uh, try, trying to poke a little fun there, but um, Let's talk about Kalliri. The last Bengals pick I want to talk about. This guy, Notre Dame guy, edge rusher, added to a deep defensive line, a defensive line behind the likes of guys like Geno Atkins. Very impressive talent for the Irish. Uh, the Bengals really made a lot of key free agent additions on defense. We're talking about Josh Bynes, Von Bell, Trey Waynes, and Mackenzie Alexander, who both came from the Minnesota Vikings. Uh how do we evaluate this Khalid Kareem pick and the Bengals draft?
2: Well, overall, I mean, uh, Khalid Kareem definitely fits in there, that edge spot too. I know Tom is a is big a fan of him because he went to Notre Dame. Uh, I definitely think he's a good good person. He can go up next with Geno Akin to Carlos Dunlap um, and definitely maybe build a nice defense defensive line there. And obviously, you know, overall with the draft, I – I think they did a very solid job. They got the guy they needed, the quarterback of the future, potentially wide receiver of the future, and a lot of other building blocks. And I think Logan Wilson – Logan Wilson, I think, is definitely a sneaky good pick in this draft. But overall, they did a very solid job, I must
1: say. I think that the Bengals definitely had one of the better drafts. Obviously, when you're picking first, you're going to have a great draft. James and Kyle, thoughts on Cincinnati? Cincinnati. Um, Listen,
3: They have their quarterback, not going to lie. I believe they got their franchise quarterback. Um, The one thing I do see with a wide receiver um, is if they give A.J. Green a full workload within the first five games of the season after being out so long. Um, So we Mm -hmm. might actually see T. Higgins get his chance and prove himself to this team um, as being possible the number one guy for Joe Burrow um, and then possibly also leaving AJ green kind of not out to dry, but the since the Bengals to give them a big thinking to do come trading time.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you there, James. I think that's definitely a good uh, analysis.
0: I definitely liked this Cincinnati Bengals draft. Uh, I think they had a great draft. I think they had kind of a, under the radar free agency, they signed a couple guys. I, I really like the DJ Reader uh, from the Houston Texans acquisition for this defense. Um They drafted a lot of guys on defense that are going to help them out tremendously. I love the addition of T. Higgins. And like James said, they got their franchise quarterback. And uh, this is a guy that's a winner, guys. He's a winner. He, he said it. You know, after the draft was over, you know, uh, the Bengals organization was coming out saying that we had already sent Joe Burrow the playbooks weeks and weeks before. He'd already been learning it. Showing us videos of what he's been capable and what he's been able to do. This guy is dedicated to learning. He's dedicated to his team. And what more can you ask for from a guy that's willing to do that so early during a time like this? It's it shows a lot. It shows his dedication to this team, and it shows his dedication to winning. It shows his dedication to winning. You know, he had one of the greatest college seasons ever. He got the number one overall pick in this in this year's draft. Is Cincinnati the most you know beautiful places? No. But he's more than happy to play for his hometown team. And he wants to win with this team. He's made that very vocal. He's not okay with losing. Mm -hmm. And this was a team that almost went 0-16 last year. (laughs) He's not okay with losing. And I think he's really going to change the culture um, that is, I guess you would say, plagued the Cincinnati Bengals locker room for a very long time.
1: Yeah, I, I think Cincinnati is trying to get a culture change now, and I think it all starts with the man under center, and I think Joe Burrow is definitely having the younger guy. Not that there was anything wrong with Andy Dalton, but I, sometimes change is good. Yeah. Um, and you have to appreciate Andy Dalton, though, for everything he did for that Cincinnati Bengals organization, bringing them to the playoffs a lot of years that they probably shouldn't have been in. Yep. Uh, so shout out to him. So let's move on to those Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns had seven draft picks. Their first overall pick is a guy a lot of people thought the Giants would take at number four in Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle out of Alabama. This is a guy who's probably going to instantly start alongside uh, Jack Conklin, who they acquired via Fonsas Tennessee Titans and free agency this year. Oh, boy. Is anyone surprised that Wills dropped that far? And what is his most impressive trait?
0: I wasn't surprised because really after you look at the Giants pick, that was really one of the only picks within the top 10 that you could see another offensive line being taken. I didn't really see any other teams um, needing an offensive lineman. And I think that the Browns at 10, you know, he did fall to them necessarily if that's what we're going to use when we say, but I guess you'd say he did fall to them in a sense. I think he was the best offensive lineman in this draft. Um, I know the Giants took Andrew Thomas. I'm very happy with that. You know, it took me a few days to get happy with that, but – Jedrick Wills is is a great player. He's a great player lined up against, uh, with some Pro Bowls, Joe Fontanino, uh, I believe that's how it's said, uh, the guard, um, J.C. uh, the center, I believe, for the Browns, and they also have now Jack Conklin on the line. That's going to be a really, really good line to protect Baker Mayfield, on top of the fact, improve uh, the running game through the roof, potentially, with one of the uh, two-headed monsters in the league, and Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb. That's going to be definitely very, very scary. Yeah, funds. What's your favorite thing about
1: Wills?
2: Um, well, I mean, obviously, when you go to a, a program like Alabama, obviously, you, you already have a, an advantage right off the bat. Uh, obviously, big body ta- big body tackle uh, protected. Actually, two was blind. Side. Now, this is where I have a little bit of concern because obviously, two was left handed quarterback. So his blind side was the right side. Uh, Wills ended up playing on the right side. Uh, so he's going to have to transition over to the left side for Baker Mayfield, which I mean he might, you know, go to the right for now, and then maybe eventually shift over to the left. But I definitely think he could still uh, do that; not a problem. I definitely think the Browns needed a lineman; that was kind of the main priority. Uh, back in our mock draft, I actually had to take an Andrew Thomas because more of the, the veteran guy to go in right away. But your your football Giants got him, and that's good also. But it, Will's <laughs> also up there too for uh, for the for as far as one of the better linemen. So. I do like him a lot. The only concern I would say is that he did start on the right side in his career. I don't know if he's never really played the left side. Um, So, I mean, that could be a little bit of a problem.
1: I know James actually had Derek Brown going to the Giants. And as we got a lot closer to the draft, there was actually some serious consideration into him all of a sudden. We know the Giants historically don't keep defensive tackles after their rookie contract. And Dalvin Tomlinson, that's exactly what he is. He's on the last year of his rookie contract. So a lot of people thought it would be Wills who the Browns did end up taking. A lot of teams won in Jedrick Wills. So luckily the the Browns got him and they got their guy. And I think protecting Baker is key. You want to protect your investments. And that's exactly what uh, Cleveland did a good job doing there with that pick. Uh, Second round, this pick was via Indianapolis. They got Grant Delpit a safety out of LSU, number 44 overall. So guys, Grant Delpit, He was a force at LSU. Some had him going into the first round. I think one of us might have had him as well.
0: Uh, again, surprised
1: that he dropped this far?
0: Yes, I was. I was tremendously. I think I was the one who had him going in the first round. Um, the safety class, I guess we could say, really wasn't – I mean, panning out how the draft unfolded, I guess the safety class wasn't valued as high as I guess we might have thought it, it would have been, you know, he personally from us Giants fans you know Xavier McKinney falling to the second round just seeing the value of the safety within the first round necessarily wasn't there but Grant Delpit I thought he was a first round talent and thought that he should have went in the first round this is going to be a great 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 acquisition for the Cleveland Browns this is a monster monster on defense he played unbelievable at LSU and he's going to really be locked down in the secondary you know you have guys like Denzel Ward at the corner young guy kind of have kind of had an off season. Last mm-hmm. season, he got hurt sporadically throughout the season. But this secondary, when healthy, is going to be something something very scary for opposing quarterbacks.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be a scary sight having Grant Delpit back there. And uh, look, guys, they have Carl Joseph Delpit and now Andrew Sandejo from Minnesota. James, how improved do you think this Cleveland defense is heading into 2020?
3: I'd say it jumps up quite a bit. Um considering where last year we were more focused in my I was more focused on their offense with OBJ and Jarvis Landry and who they you know, with their offense. But I think this defense are just gonna turn heads this season, especially in their safety position like Russo just listed. Um I definitely see them being a force to reckon with within that division. This is no longer the Cleveland Browns that go 0 and 16, don't have anybody in the stands, don't make any money. They will be maybe not this year, um, a force to reckon with. But I think if the the way they keep heading, they'll be a force to reckon with within this division.
1: I hate to say this. Uh... Look, I, I'm just I, – I know Cleveland is an improved team, but I'm going to disagree a little bit. Cleveland will not be making a postseason this year. I Like, I, I know they'll be more respectable. And oh, that's yeah, I don't think they're making a the
3: postseason this this season.
1: I, I don't know. They still have a circus in terms of their head coaching. Now, I know this might be unfair to prematurely put that pressure on Kevin Stefanski, but Kyle Russo has said this in the past. We're really not sure until this task is put into full force, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um Look, next pick in the third round, Cleveland, uh, they traded a lot of their picks. They were bouncing around the whole draft order. Third round, their pick, two of their third round picks. The first one came via New Orleans Jordan Elliott, defensive tackle out of Missouri. And then the third round comp pick from Houston was Jacob Phillips, a linebacker out of LSU. I got to see Phillips. I didn't see much of Jordan Elliott. I don't know if you guys caught much of him at all out of Missouri, but these are a couple of defensive players. These are the guys we're talking about that could potentially fill in these voids that they were missing last year and even the year before that. And Baker's a rookie year. The defense really wasn't that good. Last year, the defense was much better. Now we're hope. I mean, if you're a Cleveland fan, you're hoping for that mix and match. And I think these two guys could potentially bolster that um, that toolbox of talent that they're actively searching for.
0: Yeah, Tom, definitely. With, with Jordan Elliott specifically, I think you, you had another big body in there, 6'4", 315 pounds. He's a good player for Missouri. Um, I believe he – I think he attended Missouri there for three years. I want to say three or four years. I think he might have been a senior. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Um, But he had a decent season last season. He's he's a defensive tackle, so he's not going to put up those stat numbers. I think he had a combined, I want to say, 30-something tackles last season. Um, He got to the quarterback a lot. He had, I believe, close to 10 tackles for loss last season. Uh, so he's definitely going to be a help in that, uh, for that line. Is he going to be that stat stuff or no? But, uh, you know, those guys' defensive tackles have to be appreciated too. Yeah. And I think that the Cleveland Browns might have gotten theirs in the third round. I do think so too. I think this is a great pick.
1: And just to clarify that, uh, he was a senior, but he transferred to Missouri. So he was a three-year player for Missouri, but um, senior. So yep. an older guy. Fonz, uh, this Browns defense, man, I'm telling you, they've really done a nice job putting yeah. some tools together. Defensively.
2: no definitely agree especially with the addition of uh grand they still have denzel ward and miles garrett there as the two top stars on that defense uh we were we were talking about it i mean listen i don't know if they would make the playoffs right away it's kind of thing like russo said i gotta see it to believe it because remember last year we thought super bowl super bowl whatever even they went oh it's 16 or whatever that didn't happen i need to see it out of the first couple of games but i mean with what they've done the past two seasons though i will say with the acquisitions and kind of on-field production, I mean, it could definitely get there. Give it, like, a couple years, I definitely think they could be a consistent playoff team.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. This could definitely be a very interesting uh, type of stepping stone for them. By the way, while we have a moment, just want to thank everybody for watching our show tonight. I know Brian Marbach's been following us a lot of the show. Hank and Dichter as well. Thank you guys so much. Uh, We really appreciate it. National EMS Week honoring all those EMTs. This is Review and Preview on Facebook Live. Tom Scavetta with Fonz DeFalco, Kyle Russo, James Montefusco. Guys, we're talking about the Cleveland Browns, concluding our NFL draft recap tonight. Uh, last couple questions on the Browns. Now, obviously, I think Cleveland nailed their last three picks. Fourth round, they took Harrison Bryant, tight end out of Florida Atlantic. Fifth round, via Indianapolis, they took Nick Harris, a center out of Washington, a mm-hmm. mid-round flyer a lot of teams were looking at. And then Donovan Peoples-Jones, via uh, they got that pick via the Cardinals, somehow slides into the sixth round. Now, looking at Harrison Bryant and Donovan Peoples-Jones, more Peoples-Jones, but those two guys in particular added to their pool of skills players.
0: What do we think of those guys? I think they're going to be. Okay, go I, ahead, think, you go, you go. I think it's going to be great. The only, again, the only issue that I see, and I really have to see what Kevin uh, Stefanski brings to the table is that, as we saw with the Cleveland Browns last season, it seemed like too many offensive weapons could be a problem, a problem that nobody thought was going to be a problem but was. And this can, this can again, potentially be a problem. Now you have three tight ends now. You drafted Harrison Bryant. You made uh, Austin Hooper, I believe, the highest-paid tight end in the league. And you have David Njoku. Yeah. Now you have OBJ. You have Jarvis Landry. You have Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh I believe um Higgins, I believe, is the other receiver they have for the Browns. They have a lot, a lot of depth. Kevin Stavansky is going to have to come up with some unbelievable offensive plays to share the ball with such offensive depth that the Cleveland Browns now have. Now, will that help them? I don't know. It can only be it can only be seen from what a new coach has to bring to the table. Because I think we could all agree that Freddie Kitchens Went far from nailing it. You know, he had all the players and struggled to win the amount of games that the Cleveland Browns did. And we'll see what happens with Kevin Stefanski, a new coach in a new situation. He has all the offensive weapons to succeed, no doubt, but will he use them properly? I think that's, that's the question to ask. Russo. I,
3: I want to piggyback off of your, that offer of your statements with the, uh, all the offensive weapons. I think at times in the Browns season, um, there might be some potential uh banter in a sense or a wide receiver, um, A wide receiver because I I say that because you look, you got OBJ and Landry, right? Yeah, and then he hit another guy. Yeah, over time, what we saw at the Giants, if OBJ wasn't getting the ball, he was made, he made it known. Yeah. Are some of these other guys like now they have three tight ends now they got three or four other great wide receipt not great but good wide re- wide receivers yeah is there going to be at some point within the season where you're going to see a wide receiver core that should be like this like this you know what I'm saying like yeah they all like, want to go the
0: separate ways peace gotcha yeah. no I think that's definitely that's definitely something to bring up James it's a it's a very intelligent point especially because of how we saw the Browns kind of falter and break down midway through the season. Last season, uh, again, Fons, I think you brought it up. This was a team that was a Super Bowl, a bust team. We yeah. were all predicting in the beginning of the season, and this team uh, this team struggled uh, every single game. They struggled every single game. And I think that this is going to be something that's going to be, you know, this is going to be a make-or-break season for a lot of these players. You know, OBJ, I think he has a lot riding on the season. Jarvis Landry has a lot. Baker Mayfield, I think he has a lot now because now – now he has all the weapons in the world. He has a, he has a good offensive coach, offensive-minded coach. He has all the protection in the world. He now has Kareem Hunt for the full season with Nick Chubb. This is going to be a lot riding on this season. On top of the fact that with the playoff rule change, I know you guys were saying that you don't think the Browns are going to make the season. This playoff routine, uh, rule change should only furthermore help the Browns make the playoffs because of this extra addition of a playoff team.
1: I don't think so, and here's why. I'm gonna disagree just a little bit. They lost their best player on defense last year in Joe Schobert, who they should have tried to re-sign. The problem is if they open the bank up to him, they limit themselves as to what they could do elsewhere. This they're they're really lacking at the linebacker position. They are not very seasoned there right now. So it's definitely a sign of concern. How improved are they heading into twenty twenty? I don't know if the mag it depends on what you define as significant improvement. The team's definitely improved, but is it playoff potential improved? That's my thing. You bring up the argument with a seven seed. It's definitely a good argument. But here's my question to you guys. I ask you guys this. We talk about the Browns making the playoffs. Is the AFC North potentially the best division in football, or at least in the AFC?
2: I think so. I mean, definitely have the Ravens, who definitely I think are the clear uh – winners of the division and then you have the Steelers who definitely can make the I mean if they have less injuries here and there definitely could give the Ravens a run for their money and then you know you have the potential of the Browns because we I mean again we have to see to believe it and there's a little bit of gems there in Cincinnati and they could potentially you know also make some noise so I could definitely see it maybe not this season all four teams maybe like next season we could see you know with the new playoff format all four teams Right, it's believed all four teams can make in the same division can make the playoffs now with the new playoff format. Yeah, yes, so it could happen.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I agree yeah. with you. Uh, it definitely could happen. I'm not going to argue with that. I just think they're really lacking at a big position of need, and the defense is still pretty young. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Funds. Uh, ESPN analyst Dan Orlovsky uh, brought up an interesting point today or earlier. <laughs> Couple oh, days ago, a couple days ago, that he would take Jets quarterback Sam Darnold over Lamar Jackson. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I know you've been fluffing on YouTube a little bit, uh, trying to get some backup. Yeah. Uh
2: let me let me get let me let me get to this. Let me just show you guys. All right. <laughs> sure okay. Oh, you, oh, you, you guys can see, all right. We can see an eye. No, yeah, well, that's it. That's the ad here. We'll play the ad here for a little bit. I don't know if the audio is playing right now. Um, we're gonna try to figure that out. Uh, you don't really need to see the audio for this, but I'm going to give you some commentating here while what's going on. Uh, this is also the good thing of streamer you can play YouTube videos as we're going. Uh, you guys can hear me though. Correct. Look at this. This is Dan. This is the guy who said he'd take Sam Darnold over Lamar Jackson. Ready? Huh? Let's go. Set the ball. Hike it up.
1: I remember (laughs) this. Yeah. All right. I'm done with that. Now here's the thing. Wait, wait, wait. Time out. Time out. Sorry. Go. J- Jake Bikowski, my ho- other house is Darnold all day.
2: Well, Jake, <laughs> I'm taking his jersey off. Hold
1: on. <laughs> <laughs> <This> is- oh, <laughs> God.
2: All right. Listen, I should have thought of this, too, not wearing the Jets jersey. That is the, damn. that is the re- most ridiculous take I've ever. I mean, I know we're, we need content for what's going on. <laughs> Like I can name twenty more quarterbacks. I can name three wide receivers. I would take over Sam Donald. <laughs> I would take Antoine Randall L over Sam Donald. All right, you guys know say uh, Russo. Do you know Antoine Randall L? I do. Yeah, so I would take him. Believe me, I would take. I would. I listen. I wouldn't take Joe Flacco, who they signed. That's just. I mean, part is part is with the Jets not doing anything to kind of help out Donald. But I mean,
0: no. You know what my my thing is, and Fonz, I'm in 100% agreement with you, and I think this is where the the question gets brought up, is that if Sam Darnold was under an organization which was as reputable and pristine as the Ravens are, having a guy like Ozzie Newsome Mm -hmm. for so many years as the GM, unbelievable drafter, having Eric DeCosta now who had – I think we agreed on this last week that the Ravens might have had close to perfect as the number one draft in all of football. Mm -hmm. They've had plenty amount of Pro Bowls, plenty amount of Hall of Famers, plenty amount of unbelievable players. The Jets are the opposite of that organization. I think that when you get drafted there, you know, Jets fans were happy that Sam Darnold, you know, this is the savior. Nothing is going to change within this organization unless the things up top change. And, you know, the Jets, they're moving towards that direction with adding Joe Douglas I'll do as you. the GM. Yeah. And they're moving towards that direction. But I think that we could agree that necessarily I don't think they have the coach. I don't think they have the coach there. You know, uh, Adam Gase is not John Harbaugh. Is it John or Jim? I always mess it up. John, how dare you? Come on, Russ. You don't. John, <laughs> Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is a Super Bowl winning coach. Adam Gase is not. Adam Gase is a coach that got most of his wins Uh-oh. with the Miami Dolphins against the team that he is now coaching. This yeah. is this is the Jets organization right now. Sam Darnold is put in a situation to fail. You signed plenty of offensive linemen, but can they play? Can you tell me Makai Becton is going to be the left tackle for the next 10 years? Can you tell well, me? I don't know. Well, I think McGovern this. is the only guarantee.
1: I'll, I'll be honest with you. At this point, the Jets might want to start looking at Cam Newton's younger brother, who just uh, transferred to Auburn.
2: Listen, there were concerns with Lamar. Yeah, yeah, Cam's brother went to is going to Auburn now too.
0: Listen, there was concerns with Lamar that he yeah, couldn't. Bill Polian, Bill Polian, telling him to play receiver. I yeah, mean.
2: Bill, yeah. Oh, geez, that's another guy too that need a pop. <laughs> d- expert executive of the yeah, year. There I, you go. I mean, I'll just. I'm just gonna leave this here. All right. Tom, I'm taking over the stream now. Okay, yeah, let's hear it. Let's see it. Yeah, huh? I shared the audio. I think you can hear it now. Yeah, we right. can hear the audio. Look at that. Oh, damn it! Damn it is an All right, yeah, technology. Yeah, it's it's a crazy thing. Yeah, but, I mean, this is good, too. I mean, look, all right. Writing's Another ad? Happening. Are you <laughs> kidding me? I mean, we had time here. Tom, I'm sorry. I should have gotten going to yeah. everything. Oh, I was at
1: this game, everybody.
2: Can Sam Donald do that? I don't think so.
1: I don't know, but that nice flutter pass you showed uh, Jackson throw was definitely. Yeah, look at this. You mean, oh, you mean You mean that? That. That. You mean that pass.
2: That's a nice pass. Right.
1: He went to Hollywood on that. But, yeah, and we'll see
0: one more highlight. But, yeah, one more know, highlight, I'll, I'll stop. Barnes, and I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you, but we're looking at those highlights. I think that – I mean, at least I could say this. I think that Lamar Jackson has had better weapons to work with than Sam Darnold. Oh, yeah. There, I, I don't think there's any doubt. Right. He's had a better offensive line to run behind. He's had – I love Lady Bell. I would think that he's had better running backs. Lamar Jackson to run behind. Again, I'm in complete agreement with what you're saying, Dan Orlovsky. I think that was a that was not an intelligent comment. Again, it's an opinion. It's an opinion, but I just I don't see any reason in which you would choose a guy who just won an MVP as a 23 year old second year in the league over a guy that has not won seven games as as the starting quarterback for the NFL Jets. Russo, Uh, to
3: conclude this. The, you see the diff, the difference between two organizations and how they're styled, honestly. And I, seeing, that's I'm it.
2: seeing comments of mono in the chat.
1: Uh, Jake commented again, half the quarterbacks in the league can make that throw. Interesting.
2: Yeah, okay, cool. Where's Donald highlights then?
1: Oof. The game well, of
2: 20. 20-
1: <laughs> well, the Jets actually, they just signed quarterback Joe Flacco today, a veteran, a Super Bowl champion, a Super Bowl MVP, uh, who played for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Can this Super Bowl MVP – I mean, look, you brought her up today. Like He could potentially unseat Sam Darnold if the Jets aren't uh, playing well the first few weeks of the season because last year there was no pressure on Darnold because you had guys like Luke Falk and David Fales, like those guys. They really weren't good backups. Now you have a legitimate backup quarterback in Joe Flacco. Fonz, you know him the best.
2: Yeah, I mean – I don't know if he goes in and gives – I mean, he could maybe give Donald some little bit of competition, but it does provide veteran like presence in the locker room. I mean, it's good for him. I thought he wasn't going to really sell it this time of a winner, like a winning team like a for a backup role. But, I mean, gives him a locker room presence there. Helped Sam Donald grow into a quarterback.
1: 100%. I definitely agree with you there. Other NFL moves made today. Um, Carlos Hyde, signed by the Seattle Seahawks, former 49er and former Houston Texan as well. And then the Cowboys, uh, the NFL reinstates Cowboys linebacker Alden Smith, who has not played in the NFL since 2015. Thoughts on that?
0: I think he's going to be really good. I think that he has a lot to prove, and when he exited the league, he was one of the best up-ascending players in the league. Yeah. And I think think it's going to help him out a lot. He has an opportunity given to him by a team that needs a lot of help there. They have a stud there in Demarcus Lawrence, and I think that him alongside him, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, it is going to be something to watch in Dallas. Dallas has bigger concerns.
2: Yeah. I mean, all the Smith at one point had, like, over, what was it, close to double-digit sacks, the final couple years in San Francisco. He was, like, the next big thing as, like, the pass rusher. Yeah, He kind of, you know, walked – like, he left the game for what was going on. And,
1: you know, he has a lot to prove now. should be yeah. exciting to see. It's definitely going to be interesting uh, moving forward into the off season to see what will happen with that um, with Alden Smith because obviously you have the Marcus Lawrence. Uh, I think they drafted Bradley Ane as well. I want to say so yep. um, they have him too now. So it'll be definitely interesting. A lot of depth, which is why I think it's more important than ever that the Giants drafted an offensive tackle and a guy like Andrew Thomas as nice as it would be to have a game changer on defense like Isaiah Simmons. Uh, This just in, and look, you know, I know we're going to get into some NBA talk next week, but Knicks legend Patrick Ewing just confirmed positive for COVID-19. So the hits just keep coming for the Knicks. First James Dolan, now Pat Ewing. Uh, What else could go wrong for this organization at this point?
2: No idea. Just, you know, hope for the best for Patrick Ewing. It's, you know, sad to see, especially with a legend like that. Just hope everything. I mean, it's a crazy world what's going
1: on right now, and just hopefully we can get back to uh, normal life once this is all over. Some sort of normalcy, at least. Mm -hmm. We've all been affected like this in some way, shape, or form. Um, But other news, obviously, the NFL 2020 schedule was released last week. Uh, They're – talking about using helmet protective wear for players in lieu of these virus concerns, uh, which could potentially affect the breath flow. Do we think that this will be a thing? Because we're seeing it around college campuses, at least in the fall, that people are going to be wearing masks in class and stuff when things do get back to in-person. It's not going to be a normal uh, in-person until this vaccination. So now you're looking at the NFL. What's going to happen with the protective wear that they're talking about?
0: I'm not sure. I think that's really scary because I think that them going this far out and, and going in advance, it could be smart. But that to me says that they're worried that the season may not potentially happen due to the safety of players during this time and pandemic.
3: I think it also if they do go this way, um, Tom, you bring up the airflow um, for some of these players. Some of these players, you know, are built big like offensive linemen and stuff. They need a lot of air. You know, OBJ, for example, Hollywood Brown running down the field, 60, 70 yards, um, having restricted airflow. I think you'll see a lot of the guys, if this is the new way, going in and out on the field to get oxygen.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even, even – that's a good point here. I did not even put two and two together with that part.
1: Yeah. Look, guys, I definitely agree. Um, and now you look at the NFL schedule, it's been affected in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, it's definitely going to be very interesting uh, moving forward into the 2020 season. I know right now in the past time, like, these guys are just trying to do virtual meetings on Zoom and stuff. But um, the real game to me that's going to be very interesting to watch this year is obviously the 49ers at the Cowboys on December 20th. That'll be a Sunday night football game. November 1st, you got the Patriots and the Bills. 49ers play the Patriots this year in New England. So those are just a few games that I think could definitely be uh, high-profile games that people will want to watch. But we'll see how that all unfolds. Quick preview into next week. We're going to have some basketball talk. Uh, Fonz, I know your are and Kyle will talk about your heat a little bit as well and what they've been doing. Um, we'll talk some Brooklyn Nets. We're going to have Alec Walt call in next week from Massachusetts, uh, one of the co hosts of JDF Funds. I'm looking forward to having Alec on the show for sure.
2: Yeah, me and Alec, uh, we host Transportal Podcast on JDF Sports. And uh, yeah, we're going to be going and talking some basketball. I brought him on here as a big Celtics fan. So uh, he'll trash uh, my New York Knicks and probably, Russell, your heat because, you know, that's how he is, as a Celtics fan. So it should be fun.
1: I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> hundred percent. And I'm looking forward to in two weeks, me and Fonz are going to do some trivia as well. So James and Kyle, you guys got to make up our questions and maybe we'll do a little tournament style. We'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. The review and preview uh, sports trivia tournament champion should be very interesting. I love it. We'll see what happens there. But uh, guys, any final thoughts? Great show tonight. Fonz, thanks for setting this up on StreamYard. The graphics look great. Love it. I uh, appreciate it. I hope you guys liked it. I figured we did well with OBS. It was successful, but I
2: figured it was, was kind of – we've been doing it with JDF. I kind of liked it. I'm like, you know, let me see if the guys at Review and Preview like it. And for the most part, it looked good, run smoothly. It's cool to see the comments on the bottom. Uh, just figured it would be something different to try, you know. So we'll, we'll test this out for the next couple of weeks. If we like it, we'll continue with it. If not, we always have uh, OBS to, ro- to fall back on.
1: Yeah, 100%. Love the way we kicked it off tonight. On behalf of James Montefusco, Kyle Russo, Fonz DeFalco, thank you guys all so much for watching our Facebook live stream tonight at Review and Preview LIU. Remember to like and subscribe to our page and follow us on Instagram, as you can see on the bottom ticker, at Review and Preview. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, bidding you farewell. Good evening, everybody. You've been watching Review and Preview here on Facebook Live. Good night, everyone.